Dan Ariely says, Brands communicate in two directions. They help us tell other people something about ourselves, but they also help us form ideas about who we are. I'm Lia Levy, co-founder of Nanato Media and author of Beyond Se Habla Español, How Lawyers Win the Hispanic Market. And this is In Camera Podcast, where we like brands that have stories we can relate to. Part of the week, plain and I simple. I know. Plain and so simple. exciting. It's exciting, and particularly this week, it has an extra one or two levels of excitement because we have a really fun conversation lined up. And so, Grace, I'm not going to hold you back from go ahead and doing the honors and introducing our net guest, so we can get right into it. All right. So, everybody, we have a fantastic speaker for you today on our podcast. And the topic is going to be on how to create an unfair marketing advantage with Dr. Ron Eccles. So it is with great pleasure that we welcome Dr. Ron Eccles to join us for a conversation on how to create an unfair marketing advantage. Ron is a serial entrepreneur, having started and built multiple six and seven figure businesses in different fields. He is an international best-selling author, professional speaker, and business consultant. He started his professional career as a doctor of chiropractic with board certifications in orthopedics and neurology. Today, Ron lives with his beautiful wife, Johanna, on the Gulf Coast of Florida, has five children and three grandchildren. Ron and Johanna are actively involved in the Bayside Community Church in Lakewood Ranch, Florida, and are honored to support several charities. Ron, welcome to In Camera Podcast. Ron, welcome to In Camera Podcast. It's great having you. How are you today? Man, I'm doing awesome, brother. If I was any better, I'd be you. <laughs> Ron, so you were just telling me a moment ago, you're in Chicago. What what took you there? What are you doing there? And so for those who do not know, Ron is based in Florida. So Yeah, I live, I live in a warm, tropical place, and I, uh, I, I, I'm onboarding a brand new client. Uh, I take on two really big clients at a time. I can't take on any more than that uh, other than my other coaching programs. But I'm working with them doing a two-day in-service. And in fact, our subject today is something we just finished doing literally all morning today. So I'm super excited about it. I'm really pumped. Uh, it is cold up here. I, that's why I'm wearing a t-shirt and a cashmere <laughs> sweater. And I have a coat upstairs and I got my, my skull cap because out when I step outside, it's relatively chilly. Yeah, I hear you. Listen, I'm in Texas. Grace is in Florida. We Neither of us can stand weather. Temperatures here yeah. fail to like uh, low 60s and I'm wearing a fleece and I'm ready to put also my 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 snow beanie or something like that because yeah. really I it's it's freezing for me yeah. so yeah bring bring the warm weather back so you know you and I met recently at Pilma you were there uh hosting the event along with Ken Hardison and I remember you introduced my presentation and then at the end of it, you also gave me some very valuable insights and feedback about what you liked about it. And that led us to talk about influencing people and, this, and neuroscience and so how all of this connects. And so it really fascinated me. And then, you know, 
we said, let's have a conversation about how people can become better at influencing people and how people can become better at marketing themselves. But before we get into that, I just read here your bio and you have a very extensive career. You've done so many things. So how is it that you, you know, started as, you know, in orthopedics and then neurology, how, you know, how you went from there to now coaching, helping in marketing and so forth. Yeah, I graduated in 1983 from Logan Chiropractic College, and we just have a doctorate in chiropractic at that point, but there are subspecialties we can actually take. They take about five years to go through, and in a period of 10 years, I did three diplomates. So I kind of overlapped them in between. Uh, so I got board certified in orthopedics, board certified in neurology, and I have a board eligibility. I never took the test because I didn't need to for uh, sports medicine because I just had too many degrees behind my name. I couldn't, couldn't add any more letters. So I, and I've been, I've been a, I injured my wrist in a bad accident in about 10 years in, I retired. I taught postgraduate orthopedics and neurology around the country for several different chiropractic colleges. But then I, you know, being, being a chiropractor, you are naturally an entrepreneur. You don't survive. And I had a very lucrative, very good practice because I was not only heavily involved in the academic world, but I was also really big into learning how to grow a business. Uh, that led me down a road to serial entrepreneurship. I owned restaurants, multiple restaurants. Then I began investing in real estate, but discovered out of real estate that my, I have two great passions and everything before that prepared me for what I do today. I operate as a professional speaker, which I love getting in front of audiences, whether it's on stage, podcast, wherever it is. I love communicating and helping people really. And grow. you're terrific at it. Let me add there. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. And, and the second thing is I love consulting and working with business owners because, again, my why, and we'll talk about that later on, is to inspire, empower, and equip business owners to maximize their ability to achieve everything in life they were born to achieve. And I start out with this. I said, I believe you were born uh, to have a leaner, healthier body, to, uh, to have deep, loving relationships, a powerful spiritual walk, and to be financially free. And I, every day I wake up with this burning drive inside of me to help people achieve that in life because there's people that just need that help. They need that coaching. They need that encouragement to make it happen. Wow, that's amazing. And I hear a lot of things there that fascinate me. And so why don't we start with the topic, right? Because we have a very exciting title for this conversation and it's some firm marketing advantage. Mm -hmm. So Ron, just at a very high level, how does this look like? What does it mean to have an unfair marketing advantage? Yeah, my journey for this started back in 2009 when I watched a TED talk by Simon Sinek and he was unveiling uh, information he put in his book called Start With Why. And I was absolutely riveted. Why? Be no pun intended. Because I had spent so much money marketing and I was actually wasting and pouring money away because I wasn't really tapping in neurologically to what motivates people to purchase or buy or do business with me or anyone else. So I began studying and learning. I came across a group of guys who were actually taking Simon's work and learning how to now app, how do we take the why concept? Uh, and I'll tell you that in just a minute and translate it into helping business owners separate themselves from all their competition. In fact, I say, blow your competition out of the water by creating an unfair marketing advantage. And the reason that Simon pr uh, prompted or started so much was because he discovered by looking at the greatest companies versus the average companies, he said, average companies tell people what they do and how they do it. 
great companies tell you why they do what they do. They lead with their why. Then they tell you how they do it and what they do. And that became a game changer for me. And I began to get, when I, be, when I became a Y certified coach, I understood how to now extract the right information from people so I could help them discover what their big why was, their operating system and where, the way their brain worked, and then craft it. Now, here's the real key. This is the real skill set. Turning it into a message that motivates their ideal client to do business with them. Now, here's where neurology really comes in. And I'll make it very simple uh, because we don't need to have a background or degree in neurology to understand this. Essentially, if we look at the brain of having two major components, the, the logical analytical brain and then the emotional brain and or the primitive part of the brain. And those are two different areas and they involve different subjects, but you don't need to know all those particular structures. You need to know that you have the higher thinking brain, the cortical brain, and that's involved in like language and processing and math and like all the big things that make us really smart and intelligent to be able to do a lot of things. But basically, we still make our decisions from our primitive centers of our brain emotionally. We process information, we determine how we feel about it, and then we make a purchasing decision if we're talking about business. However, that becomes critically important if you learn how to craft a message that bypasses that cortical brain and speaks directly to that primitive brain or, or emotional brain. Because then your ideal clients, when you've identified them, they resonate with your message. See, when I tell people, look, I, I could get up and say, hey, I'm a doctor in chiropractic. I got three diplomates. I have all this experience, almost 40 years in business. I've, I've built multiple six and seven figure business. That's all logical brain stuff, right? And all I'm doing is when I tell people that I'm competing against other people who are business consultants and I'm a commodity. It's like going to the marketplace and you see 10 different vendors selling oranges and you don't know which orange to buy. Like one person says the oranges are brighter orange than the others and most of them more juicy, but you got to eventually pick and it's almost like eeny, meeny, miny, mo. But if you tell people why you do what you do, you stand alone. You blow your competition out of the water. That's why I turn around and tell people every day when I wake up, this burning passion drives me to see entrepreneurs and business people achieve everything in life they were born to achieve. I believe that they can be better. They can have more. They can discover all the great things in life if they learn how to really tap into that. And they deserve it. And my goal is to help them get there. See, now I'm speaking not about me, but I'm speaking about you. That's my passion. I'm hardwired to make a difference. And how I make the difference is I take things that are complicated. I, I spend two to four hours every day, but doing so for close to four decades. And I simplify it because that's how my brain had to learn. That's how I overcame learning disabilities early on. Well, about 19 years old. And I had to take complicated information and distill it down to what does it mean? How do I use it? And how do I get the fastest results? And that became my superpower. I always tell people, I said, look, you can spend the $50,000 a year to belong to big masterminds. You can spend $25,000, $30,000 going to courses and, and buying stuff. And, and you can spend the countless hours required to take the information and sift through it, figure out what you need, and then how to implement it and get fast results. Or for a fraction of the cost, you can hire me. Becomes a, <laughs> it becomes a no-brainer, right? It's like they go, well, well, gosh, I'd rather spend the hundred grand or you know the, the countless hours. Now they go, it makes sense to people, right? It certainly does. I mean, you know... It you said you were in Florida and I'm in Florida as well. And we know in Florida, you can throw a rock and hit a lawyer, 
right? I mean, there's <laughs> tons of lawyers here, uh, lots of attorneys. Some and, people would like to do that sometimes. Uh, I'm sure they would. <laughs> good point, Ron. Good point. Yeah. Um, so you it, know, it's a famous activity to do down there in Florida. You know, people people take holidays for that there. They sure do. Florida man, we all know that one. So um, you know, part of creating this unfair marketing advantage for themselves. How could a lawyer do that? I mean, again, it's Florida and there's a lot of them. So I, I know it speaks to your why and what you're talking mm -hmm. about, but how can we apply this? Because, you know, it's hard for lawyers a lot of times, I think, when they hear something like this. But what about me? Right. What yeah. about me? What about lawyers? What about attorneys? I'm different. Um, you know, my practice area is different and how I approach these things. I can't create an unfair market advantage because I'm not allowed to say I'm an expert. I'm not allowed to say X, Y, Z. Well, it, the answer is a glaringly simple and it's just so easy when you discover why you do what you do. And, and, and I'm working with the company right now. This morning, they are, uh, they started the company by doing rapid COVID testing. That's how they launched into this. But we sat down yesterday and we spent some time creating a, an extraordinarily detailed, vivid vision of where they want to be in 10 years. And they want to be bigger, more. And we've expanded the concept. They're not a diagnostic company. They're a world-changing, industry-leading difference maker that treats people like family. We're, we're crafting this whole message, right? And it takes it takes somebody who's been there and done that. And um, you know, I, I have to say, I'm, I humbly say, I'm, I've gotten really good at it of taking what somebody does, finding out what their why is, and then crafting into a message. And lawyers are no different than anyone else. When a lawyer says, I do personal injury, I do tort reform, it's like a chiropractor saying, you know, I do pers I do car accidents, I do workers' compensation, I do low back pain, neck pain. Well, every chiropractor says the same thing in Florida because you can't go far enough. You can throw, you can throw a rock at any, any, any chiropractor in the distance. I mean, it's, just, it's just the same thing, right? But how do you stand out from everyone else? You stop speaking as a commodity. Now, let me tell you of, of what I just did recently. I spoke to a group of about 40 entrepreneurs. And what I did was when they came in a room, it was a small intimate, I had oranges and I had everybody take a black magic marker and put their initial on the orange, their, their front, first and last initials. Right. And then I put all the oranges on a table. It was my turn to speak. I rolled the table out in front of them and I looked at everybody. I said, and I picked up an orange and I tossed it up and down. I said, how many people are wondering? Cause they kept asking me, like I said, I can't tell you. I'll tell you later. How many people are wondering what the orange is all about? Everybody raised their hand, right? I had them, I had them involved. I said, and I kept throwing the orange up and down. I said, this orange is you, right? And then I took it and I went, I put it down in front of all the other oranges. I said, right now you're competing as a commodity. You're like every other orange on the table and nobody can tell you from anyone else. But by the time I finish, I promise you this, you will no longer look like everyone else. And I reached down into a box I had hidden and I took out a big pineapple and put it right down the middle. I says, this will be you. So I would say that to every single lawyer, don't look like an orange, be the pineapple. And you have to discover how to do that, but you can be because your story of that drives you and you tell people why you do what you do, then they resonate with you. You're no longer an orange, you are a pineapple. So it's a matter of figuring out what your why is, having somebody who's an expert at it, craft that message for you, and then you use that message in your We'll call elevator pitch. You use it in your marketing. You use it on your website. You use it in different places because now you're you're tapping into a neurologic part of the brain that helps people make a decision very easily to do business with you or not.
So, you know, I, I really love that, you know, you have this neurological side of things in particular, because these lawyers, right? I mean, they're lawyers, right? They're logical. Mm -hmm. They like to, they learned and they got a license for a reason. So behind all of that, I, my next question is, is kind of, it's not really loaded, but for you, I think it would be great. Uh, what science is supporting this? Oh, there's tons. Uh, all you gotta do is pick up books like, uh, I think it's called neuromarketing. Uh, there's like a whole bunch. I mean, there's so many books out there today of social scientists and uh, PhDs in different areas. And they literally hook people up, you know, with leads and they measure different activities. And they show that when, when a person says this or hears this or doesn't like areas of the brain light up. So they know how, what people respond to. And it's not just say, hey, we just kind of come up with a, a theory and it's not tested. No, they're testing and looking at this. Uh, some of the greatest research that I've been looking at recently says that the primitive brain, that area that was designed just to keep us alive, it keeps us breathing without thinking about it. It keeps us heart beating without thinking about it, uh, controls our temperature in our body. But it's the same area that the neurologically, they showed that the, the circuitry of decision-making runs heaviest through there and then sends more output information to that cortical brain and say, Hey, here's how we feel about that. Here's the decision you make. They've been able to prove that the primitive brain structures make the decisions almost all the time. And then we justify them in that logical brain. I know lawyers, I know engineers, I know, and they're like, Oh, I make my decisions logically. No, you don't. You make them emotionally because you know, you see a person driving around in a $250,000 car. There's nothing logical about that when a $50,000 caller would do or a $25,000 car would do. It's about, hey, emotionally, they made the decision. I like that car. I want to be seen in that car. I want to drive the car. I'm not putting cars down. I mean, I used to spend a lot of money on cars. But I get, I mean, the guy, I got picked up while I was here in Chicago by the owner of the company in this beautiful SUV Lamborghini. I was like, man, this thing is the, the schnizzle. It is like unbelievable. But it's a car. It's a really nice car. It's a really expensive car, but he bought it on the emotions. It, he didn't make the, he didn't, you don't make the decision logically. You'd make it emotionally and you justify it rationally. I did that for a lot of years. Sweetie, I had to have this car. <laughs> I had to spend all this money on this a fancy car, but it really was an emotional decision. And go back to your question. Lawyers can easily do this. And, and here, and let me give you some proof. At Pilma over the years, and, I've, and I've, I want to say I have hosted or emceed about eight events over the years for Ken. So I've got to meet a lot of wonderful attorneys. I mean, great people. And I've watched because you always hear the, you know, the their ambulance chase or stuff like that. Well, I got to tell you, the people I have watched have been extraordinary. I mean, after making community differences, right? And they're finding, and some of the great companies that come in to support them that are shooting videos and like crafting these some of them are doing some really great stories because what they're doing is rather than saying hey we're a lawyer we handle car accidents they're showing how they're helping and changing kids lives by giving out helmets for bike awareness and stuff like that but they're tapping into an emotional response from people and people going oh i like these people they're making a difference in our community they're learning how to tap into that neurologic response it's all there right grace how many times have we said it it, it there is not, everything should start, the baseline should be community outreach, community involvement, right? Nothing speaks or sends a more powerful message than that. I do just want to add, right? Because when you say that there is uh, neuromarketing books, I want to point out to everyone listening to this podcast, there's even a neuromarketing for dummies available. So that's how well-established this concept of marketing is. Now, Ron, I want to ask you personally, do you have 
actual experience applying this type mm. of marketing for yourself or in general? Well, the clients I've worked with and I could, I continue to work with now, we work on this all the time. And when, when you actually, I, I mean, I, I'll give you an example this yesterday and this morning, this, this group of entrepreneurs, they, their whole team is here and I'm working with the whole team and how they, when they hired me, they hired me for one thing. They hired me. Okay. How do we get results? How do we really build our structure and stuff like that? But we started out high level. What's your, what's your vision? What's your big vision? What's your mission? What are your core values of the company? Explain it to them. We got to build out the, the foundation before we build the skyscraper. Right. And, but then when we got to the idea of your know, why, in other words, what are you going to be? How are you going to look like to the world around you? When we started brainstorming and getting ideas, we tapped, we got away from the logical mind. We started imagining, we started going to those, those areas of the brain and you watch people's pupils dilate. You watch people's expressions on their face pop up and then and all of a sudden the energy in a room just went through the roof right they're super excited about building a company that's different they are excited about not being like everyone else not being a commodity they're excited about where they're going to go and how they're going to innovate change the world and do things how they see themselves now is completely different that's just one example and we're now crafting like we're, we're close to crafting that really good message it's going to take us a couple months to really massage it and get it where we really want but man and i've done this with a whole bunch of other companies where we've established the core values we've established these, and then we actually taught them how to actually speak to people at that level where like one one company was a, a guy who's become like a brother to me uh we worked together for four years with this company and i work on the, the the owner and the company at the same time and when we craft this message they teach people they train people through government regulations to ship dangerous goods around the world or uh, nationally and their training involves essentially in other words I had to draw the story out of them it says what's the worst thing that would happen if things aren't packaged and shipped properly and documented properly he said people die and he gave an ex explanation of a plane there was this thing inside this uh this generator that kept it kept boiling up and things exploded and about a, a hundred to two hundred people died so when we started crafting the message, it was like, we're not a dangerous goods company. So we are changing the world, you know, and, and I, I forget the tagline because it's been so long since they did it. It was like, um, you know, one package, one shipment, one life at a time, something like that. So in other words, we were connecting that end result to we're, we're more interested in saving lives than we are teaching about that. We, we do this because it's because it could, it could shake, it could save a life or it could save somebody significant health problems. So it's always about tapping into that neuromarketing pattern or pathway that gets people to make a decision with you. They implement extraordinarily well and their growth has been outstanding. So we use that. In, in, and again, my clients are all different backgrounds. I'm working with an attorney, but she does estate law and collaborative law. I'm working with a financial planner. I'm working with um, a company that does what's called incredible adventures and they, they do skydiving over the pyramids and uh, diving with sharks. Neither one of them I want to do, by the way, uh, but I'm real supportive of helping them grow that business. So they, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what business you're in. It matters how you tell your story and how you're tapping into a different part of the brain for people. So Ron, how would, that's very interesting. And I, I cannot help but to be curious. How would an estate planning attorney, which, you know, you're, you talked, you gave some examples about personal injury lawyers, giving helmets and things that are very, there's a very, very direct relation 
about what they do, right? Which is they represent victims who've got injured in an accident and they're now proactively getting involved in the community to try to prevent those accidents. How would an estate planning lawyer, for instance, could do something that can connect emotionally with their potential clients before they actually... Yeah, it's telling stories. You know, if you say to somebody, look, before it's too late, you need to make sure you have a a a, a, a trust versus a will, right? You need to make sure you've got these plans. Like you got an 18-year-old, you need to have a, uh, a medical release in case anything happens to your child and not married. You know, like there's like so many different things she needs to get the communication out. But you tell the story. What if your child were off to college and they were out with some friends and they got in a bad car accident and your child was in a hospital and maybe was in a coma, God forbid. And the hospital let you know your child was hurt. Then you ask how my child's doing. Can I speak to the doctor? He said, we're not allowed to release any information to you. We can't tell you because you don't have a HIPAA compliant permission to do that. And you don't have the paper signed to make medical decisions for your child or to take care of their finances. What would you do? Do you realize that once your child's 18 years old, they're a legal adult. And if you really love your children, you should want to make sure they're protected and you have the ability to act on their behalf because you love them more than anybody else. See, I, I just told a story. I didn't say, hey, you need to do this. Here's what I do. This is this. I didn't say to you what I do or how I do it. I told you why you need me. Yeah. No, you just, just created the their... Yeah, you just created there a very powerful copy for a Facebook ad. Like, can you imagine that on a video? Like, just start off by telling that story. Let me mm. tell you about what happened to this lady, you know, or, you know, whatever the impact that, that, that the case had. And then you you go back. You say how, how he or she could have prevented from being in that situation. Um, but you start very powerfully telling about how did they end up there. Mm. And um, that's... That's a very, very effective messaging rather than just showing up, for instance, on a social media uh, clip telling, hi, my name is this. I'm an estate planning attorney. And, you know, uh, it's very important that you have an, uh, a will or whatever or a trust because uh, um, this will help you do. And then you go super technical in, th in, in theory, explain what it does. That doesn't mean anything to no one. Right. Mm -hmm. This other thing, as you're saying, Ron, it's emotional. Right. So you're impulsively saying, oh. I cannot allow for that to happen to me. So you take action. That pushes you to be something that, that becomes top of the list. Like that is a priority right now. And, and that is what it takes. And particularly in the environment in which we are, that we don't have attention span. I don't know, Grace, what do you think? I'm, because I really care about your, your thoughts on this one. Our attention span lasts literally... A minute, right? No, and, yeah, seven, six or seven seconds. Right. And, <laughs> Gold, and so, goldfish have longer tension spans. Yes. There we go. And and so if we don't if we don't create an impact on people, they're not gonna do anything with what you're saying. You're just gonna you know you, you just become a little distraction in their in 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 their timeline scroll. But on the other hand, this actually 
not only delivers the message that you want them to get, but actually inspires them to take action. And that's the difference, right, between effective marketing and just marketing, just clustering the net with more content that is useless. So that's, um, yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, my pleasure. Listen, I just want to uh, just point something out you mentioned. If, if you can do video, it's just absolutely the way to go. That's how people are consuming information. That's what gets their attention. And, and if you have the right hook, right opening, right closing, because in neuromarketing, what they remember the beginning and the end, stuff in the middle, not as much. They're processing it subconsciously and it's still telling them how they feel. But your call to action, the or your 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 opening and your call to action at the end are two most important parts of it. And video is the way to go nowadays. It just is. Oh yeah, neurologically, I mean, if you look at a, I'm sure you've seen this before, Ron, um, where they have the sentences or even the words where the first and end of it is correct, and your brain just fixes the middle part, so you're mm -hmm. automatically reading what you want them to read, but it's all spelled wrong or completely mm -hmm. reversed. Yep. But that's the brain, you know, the brain wants to fix what's wrong and it wants to take action on things that create that emotional response. That's why, you know, it's, you know, all these different social media platforms like um, Instagram in particular with the stories and the stories and the videos that they pop up at the top. I feel like that's your story, right? And that's why people still keep going to Instagram uh, for those stories and they haven't abandoned it. You know, I mean, TikTok mm -hmm. has all the dancing and things like that, but Insta stories and Instagram, that's where people put some of these things that capture people's attention and keep it moving, you know, but yeah. just like you said, that that emotional gut response is particularly if you can make it something like what you just said, that that immediately wants me to take action now, you know, myself. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is, it's been, it's really great, the, the conversation. Um, you know, we normally ask, you know, how could this potentially work for me? You know, like me as a an, uh, an entrepreneur or as an employee or as this, as that, or the other. That's kind of my last question before we go to the takeaways. How do you feel this could work for me or Liel or, you know, just like a regular person walking down the street, not necessarily a business owner, maybe? Yeah. I wrote a, I wrote a book that was released within the last year or so. And in there, what I did was I described seven steps that I've been walking clients through to help them grow a very solid business. And one of the steps is creating an unfair marketing advantage. So the thing I would, first of all, advise is that you have to have, you know, in other words, you don't have the best flour in the world to make a cake. You got to have eggs, you have to have oil, you have to have other things, right? So you, in creating an unfair marketing advantage, but you have a terrible product is not a good combination. One of the things I learned a long time ago, you can have the best product in the world, but you don't know how to market it correctly. You're done. You can have an average product and you've got extraordinary marketing, you can make a fortune. But if you have a really bad product and extraordinary marketing, you're not going to last long. People eventually figure it out, right? So there's lots, lots of moving parts. But I would say this, if you're committed to really having a great business, giving great service at great goods, uh, then having or crafting a message that speaks correctly. And, and, and I'm telling you, even in, I will actually erase the text because I know oh, there's a better way of doing that to touch their emotional brain. Whether I'm sending a text to my wife to tell her how much I love her, whether I'm sending a friend that I care about them and I'm praying for them, whether it's uh, I'm speaking in front of a group, I'm speaking one-on-one, -on -one, I'm, I'm doing a thing like this. I'm always thinking of how can I create the message that helps them 
take the action they need to get the best results possible. So that should be always the concern. So how can you go back and answer your question by understanding the neuroscience and principles, having somebody work with you to really craft that message. Once you begin to get it, you'll start implementing it, seeing it everywhere. And it will make it like, I look at this, is it going to make you a million dollars in one day? And the answer is that no. Right. But over time, that compounding of speaking, let me give you the perfect example. Leo asked me before, he said, uh, can you give me real world examples? The company upstairs right now that's paying me really good money. I don't want to say that too loud. Really good money. <laughs> you know, how I got them. Remember that talk I just told you about with the oranges? The one of the partners now, he's one of the new partners in there. He lives in my area in Florida. He was working in a bank. His last day was last week. And he invited me to come speak because he had seen me speak before. He invited me to come speak. And when he saw the demonstration, two weeks later, he called me up and said, hey, you got any time today to meet with me? I go, well, not to the end of the day because I was very busy. So he says, well, what time can you meet? I go, 5.30. He says, can you be at my office at 5.30? I had no clue what he was calling me about. I thought he was going to get me to try to open up an account at the bank. And he called me in and said, look, and he explained to me what his brother-in-law was doing and he's joining him and, and could I help them? That's why I'm here because I told him, because he watched me talk about the unfair marketing advantage. And he said, we need somebody like that. Yeah. You gave your I think another lesson learned here. Yeah. I think another lesson here, here is that, is that speaking engagements, really good marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> really good marketing. We had a conversation last week, um, that was a little bit about, well, not a little bit, pretty much about that, right? How to build your profile, how to become more authoritative. And I think, you know, um, being able to have that opportunity to speak and address an audience is a is a great way of doing that because yeah. at the end of the day you need to channel right you you can have your why you can have your story to tell but you need to also create the platform to tell to, to tell that right so social media is a great way to do that it gives you access to it but i think you know now especially now as we're starting to come back to in person uh, a little bit more than we were over the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. I think that's uh, that's something that people are really hanging to. The, the the impact, the way they feel, the way they are responding to, to what they're hearing, what they're learning at uh, events when they hear and meet other people is really leaving uh, a profound impact, I think, in, in, in the way people are, are behaving then afterwards, what they're doing, what they're buying, what they're signing up for. So... I think I've, I've seen that. What, what, what are your thoughts? Listen, people ask me all the time uh, because I love speaking in front of people. And over time, again, if first of all, if you like doing it, that makes it easier. Then if you practice it, and then I, I, I'm a student of everything I do. So I always study and look for great speakers. And I go, okay, I like what they did. Like, I can't go to an event anywhere. I don't give this church. It doesn't matter. Right? It's like, I'm studying and looking. Okay, how do they present that? What does the lighting look like? How is the speaker? How are they moving? How are they impacting? What's the good things they did? What do I want to avoid? And I'm taking mental notes all the time because I want to always improve myself. So I recommend this to people because a lot of people have a fear of speaking in public. But I said, speaking in public is like anything else. You don't grow muscles until you get in the gym and start moving some weights around. Until you get out and you hit the road and you start running, you don't develop the lung capacity to, to run a marathon. You have to start out where you're at and grow, getting help, getting training. People have asked me to actually train them as a public speaker. I said, that's not where I spend. That's not my superpower. Watch me. I'll be more than glad to jump on a call and speak with somebody about something. So look at what they're doing. I said, here's what you can do. Like I work with my clients and I say, hey, when you're public speaking, here's what you're doing. 
you're communicating a message and how you communicate the message effectively becomes critically important. I always recognize there's three types of speakers, a person who has great content to share, but they're not a very good speaker. They're not a honed public speaker, a person that has great public speaking skill, but is shallow and doesn't have much to say. And then there's that person you come along who's re really practiced and they got something good to say, and they know how to do it in a fun and entertaining way. That person becomes a great speaker, but you don't have to be a great speaker. You just have to learn how to be a decent speaker and learn how to communicate a message because people, here's what people are starving for today, Leo and Grace. They're starving for authenticity. They want someone who's going to be real in front of them. Now, I love to be entertaining and funny because I know that it impacts people. But I'm that same guy on stage as I am off the stage. It's about being consistent. And I got to tell you, that's, I would say that for everybody, is never be anybody other than who you really are on the stage. Now, if you're a jerk, don't, 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 be, that, don't be that person on the stage. Just don't do public hide speaking. Right? Right? You, got, you don't have to hide it because it's just not going to work real well. But being genuine is, and, and I said, it's about your brand, right? You are a walking, talking brand, especially in small world, right? Like if you don't have a gigantic corporation with thousands of employees who, you know, you have marketing teams, like people might even know who you are. You can go anywhere and no one recognizes you. But the average entrepreneur, we're recognized everywhere we go. So how we show up, how we present ourselves, what we do should be consistently representing the brand we want people to do business with. People don't want to do business with me if I say I'm a great business coach, but they see me doing things that would be uncomfortable, things that would be wrong, right? If I say X, but I'm doing Y, I'm inconsistent. Now, listen, we've all been hypocrites. We've all done things that, you know, we talk one game, we did another. But the congruency factor, if you want to have a great business and I say a great life, become congruent with what you claim. Claim who you're going to be and then become consistent with that. Love it. Yeah, that to me, actually, you know, I hate to end the conversation, but that really could be your very first takeaway, if you'd like. Um, don't be anything other than you are. Um, unfortunately, we are coming to the end of the conversation. It's been so much fun speaking with you, Ron. And honestly, all the stories in particular, I mean, that's what grabs the uh, emotional um, you know, the stomach, the bottom, everything. It feels like it just pulls on your heartstrings. So thank you for that. Um, but here's the opportunity for you to, you know, distill it, as you say, and um, bring it down to two or three or however many you would like. Um, and as I said, I think that that could be your first one if you'd like. Yeah. Number one is I would, I would lock in the concept that in order to create an unfair marketing advantage, you have to learn how to no longer be a commodity. And then that should be the first primary directive. And then you begin to take actions to help get you there. So you're going to read books on neuromarketing. You're going to get a hold of Simon Sinek's work. You're going to maybe hire a coach to help you work and get that message crafted so you can then infuse it into your, all your marketing and then help you to then infuse it into your public speaking, your elevator pitches. So that should be the, the, the first part of it. The second one, I would recommend is you've got to be committed at Stephen Covey calls it sharpening the saw, right? Of the seven habits of highly effective people, one of them is sharpening the saw. Nobody arrives at the, at the point of pin, at the pinnacle, right? You have to work to get there. Uh, I'm going on 63 years old. I spend two to four hours every day learning and I learn in, in, in many different areas. 
I have no intentions on ever retiring or ever stopping until God keeps me from doing it. But until that point, I'm going to continue to do that. And I'm going to continue to read and learn and study. And here's the amazing thing about today. When I was growing up, nobody listened to 20 year olds, right? Because <laughs> they were just young and inexperienced and stuff. So at 63, going to 63, it's a completely different game. I listen to teenagers who know more about social media marketing or, or insights to Facebook advertising. Like I listen to them because they're really smart in areas. They have superpowers that I don't have. And here's one thing I have right. learned. Don't try to be all things in your business. Hire the best videographers, hire the best coaches, hire the best people. And that's how you use leverage. You use other people's talents, skills, and abilities, and you just exchange money for it. Uh, my last one would be is be authentic. Always be authentic in what you do. Uh, never try to be anything you're not, but always work on being more than you are. Well, that was profound. I wish I had that recorded. <laughs> it is recorded. <laughs> I know. That's not, that wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. You came to the right place for that. Good. Ron, for, first of all, thank you so much for so many valuable insights, for this amazing conversation, right? For great takeaways. And what if someone would like to hire the best and hence hire you to help them yeah. achieve unreasonable marketing advantage. Hmm. The unfair marketing advantage. Uh, here's, here's what dude, I'll give you my email address and my phone number. I'm very approachable. If you email me, I don't get back to you right away. Text me <laughs> because sometimes I've, I've got a lot of emails to go through and sometimes I miss them because I'm busy working with a client and I don't check my emails for the entire day. And the next day I'm catching up on the new emails. So I'll give you two sources to reach me. One is my, email address and the other one is my phone number and if you need to call me and i don't call you i don't get you i don't answer right i will call you back i promise as long as you're just not gonna call me just to say hey i heard you there like bold-headed guys and you know it's like like but if you, <laughs> you want to have a conversation about something i can you think i might be able to help you with i'll let you know if i can and if i can't and there's no obligation right so uh my my email address is dr ron eccles at gmail.com it's really simple d-r-r-o-n-e-c-c-l-e-s at gmail.com my phone number is 484-515-4040. That is the only phone number I have. It is my cell number. So you feel free to reach out to me. I'll be more than glad to help you or send you in a direction I think would be best for you. Excellent, Ron. Well, first of all, again, thank you so much. We had a great conversation, really a blast. And most importantly, great insights and great tips. So we hope we get to have you again sometime soon because there's so much more to talk about and to learn. Yes. Awesome. Thanks guys. Thank you. Grace, what a great conversation, wasn't it? That was awesome. Story upon story upon story and real applicable things we can do. I love yeah. it. And that's the thing, right, Grace? It's conversational. It's just, it's, it's, it's just engaging. It doesn't feel theoretical. It doesn't feel like a process. It just feels natural. It does. I like it when, I mean, just about all our conversations flow nicely, but when they have stories and experiences to share with the audience, I feel like it makes it a, kind of a special thing for us to be able yeah. to provide. That's actually, that's right. That's like reading a textbook that has no pictures and reading a textbook with pictures, right? A very good analogy. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. So we already have here some killer takeaways. Um, can we can we add? Can we add yes. or can we adjust? Can we make them ours? I want to repurpose it. Yes. Okay, um, let's do it. I think, you know, part of being authentic um, and for me, takeaway number one would be 
the be authentic, but I, I would like to add to it in and kind of expand just a little. And that's what he said about not being a commodity, right? You, you, your job as an attorney is, is to distill the information in the most pleasing and easy to digest way for your clients, right? I mean, the prospects and the people coming to you, that's what they need. They need you as the lawyer to take the law and make it in a way that they understand. So besides being authentic, you know, don't be a commodity and distill the information for your clients. What do you think? Totally, Grace. You went there, you went all three takeaways into one. So you're you're going aggressive here. I I obviously agree there with what you are putting up as our takeaway number one. And I will just go into one other thing that Ron said as well, which is choose video as your vehicle, right? Choose video as your as 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 the way in which you're gonna deliver this, particularly when you're looking at digital platforms, right? Uh, I think that we mentioned. I I've said that I think. It's a real privilege to be back in in a, um, a world where in person is 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 back, but video still has a lot of power because in person is not always it, it cannot be applicable all day every day. So video is a great way to give you that extra impact that it's going to be hard to achieve through text. So when you're taking the digital, of course, because of the way digital works. Text is going to be important, but complement, supplement, and maybe even make video the central part of it. What do you think? Agree a thousand percent. I mean, it's, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because we do talk about video all the time. And, you know, together with video, understanding that the attention span is very short for most people and it yeah. is about six seconds. The, you, know, you see those six second bumper ads. So, video is super important if you can go all video or as much video as you possibly can, anyway, with obviously, you know, transcript files and all that stuff we always talk about. But make sure you got video. That is, yes, I agree with you a thousand percent. I think that's super important. Yeah. Um, so, for me, I'd like to bring up the third one. Um, you know, don't try to be all things in your business. Mm. You know, uh, you can't do everything. And Love so it. that's why you hire people like Liel and you hire his company and you hire people like Ron. And that's because you cannot be all things to everybody all the time. You can't even do that at home, right? Yeah. So you have to figure it out. And the best way to do that is to hire the right people with the right skills to make your team the powerhouse that you, you know it can be and answer your why. Yeah, totally, totally, Grace. I mean, first of all, thank you for bringing it up because you have no idea, right, how inefficient it is for you not to have any expertise whatsoever into something and trying to fill in that gap with your zero skills on that matter. And I think what Ron said there, that hire the best and grow faster is a no-brainer. No-brainer, like priority number one. Priority number one. Obviously, within within all of the different areas where you need help, you need to prioritize what needs to come first, what needs to come after. But when you've decided that something is important for your business to move forward, you need to very clearly evaluate and say, can I deliver and execute at the level that I want to be 
right? That I want to be, that I desire to be with my own resources or do I need help? And if you are realizing early on that you need help, just then don't take the long journey into going and making the mistakes so then you can go back and hire someone that can fix it for you because you're wasting something that it is very well known to be the most valuable asset that is not available to us to waste, and that's time. And that is why this is probably the most valuable thing we can get out of this podcast. Definitely. Don't, I mean, don't be penny wise and pound foolish, guys. And, yeah. you know, ladies, gentlemen, they, them, her, and she. Because, honestly, you you need to understand that you cannot be everything to everybody. And the fastest and best way to grow your business is by relying on experts and paying those experts to do the things that you cannot yeah. do and don't have time to do. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't be spending time on it. You know, you should be spending time on your why and delivering yeah. value to your clients. That's the whole point. Yeah. So I agree with you completely. And I think yeah. that's super important. Hire Liel, guys. Yeah. <laughs> for digital marketing. <laughs> Grace, but I, I do, I do want to just, again, before closing up on that one, you cannot hire all of the experts at the same time to do everything for you. You still need to have a set of priorities and you need to be able to map out what you need first to then go next and so forth and so on. But when you achieve that milestone, that's opening the door for you to now focus on another area that you will need. And that's going to be important for your growth, for your strategy. I mean, it should be black and white. It should be binary. You should be able to say, this falls under my area of expertise. I'll take care of it. Or this is actually a bad use of my most valuable resource, which is, again, time. And I will bring someone that can get the results and not necessarily take away more than I need to give. So, Grace, I love this conversation. I love talking with you every week. And that's why we're going to do it again next week. That's next right. Week. Next week it is, Leo. All right. Have a great day, Grace. You too. If you like our show, make sure you subscribe, tell your co-workers, leave us a review, and send us your questions at ask at intamerapodcast.com. We'll see you next week.